We live in a world where people are accustomed to hearing bad news. And I'll have to admit, I'm somewhat of a news junkie. I do listen to a lot of news. And almost all of the news, it appears to me, is bad news. Uh, the newscasters uh, might stick something on the end of the newscast just before tune in tomorrow uh, and tell us a, a light story, how someone did something very nice and and they need to be thanked for it or you know there's there's a what we call good news and i'll have to admit that uh certainly i wasn't failed in the news this week with uh what we're doing today because we're going to be talking about good news today but look at the bad news we mentioned a couple of things in prayer today we talked about that situation on the pennsylvania turnpike that's bad news Five people passed away, hopefully went home to be with the Lord. We don't know. Uh, eight people injured, I think, were the numbers, that, at least the last numbers. Sixty? Yeah. Anyway, thank you. Appreciate that. Anyway, that's, that's, a lot, that's a lot of grief on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Uh, there's a situation going on in Iran and Iraq, and I'm not going to get political here this morning, but... <clears throat> All kinds of bad news. Bad news here, bad news there. Uh, bad news, I think, uh, in the situation that I mentioned in regards to the United Methodist Church and the turmoil uh, that they're experiencing right now. Uh, bad news. Bad news. It's all, it's bad news. But there's good news. And the overriding good news is God loves us so much that he was willing to send his son for us. Good news. It's good news. And we want to focus in the next several weeks. I've got a series of messages that we're going to, they're all basically entitled good news and we'll point on some individual things uh, for which we need to be thankful and thankful every day in spite of the Pennsylvania Turnpike, in spite of uh, the United Methodist Church, whatever is going on with them. Uh, in spite of What's going on in Iran and Iraq and is Russia doing this? Is China doing that? And, and you, you fill in the blanks. You fill in the things, uh, that you have been concerned about as we talk about, uh, the bad news. So as we think this morning about God, as we think about the Lord Jesus Christ, I want us to focus on this idea that God has a wonderful plan for your life. And I want you to think in terms, not you collectively, I want you to think of you yourselves as the 11 or 12. Jim just came in, so now I've lost count. Uh, people, each of you, each of you has a, a unique plan that God has designed for you uh, as a Christian person. And we... Thank you for being here today, 
to hear the good news. And so that's what we're about. We're about good news today. And you're going to wonder uh, with the scripture references uh, that are placed, uh, how we could be talking about good news when we're talking about uh, John the Baptist going to jail uh, and so on. So let's pray together and look at the good news that God has provided for us. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the good news. And the good news is proclaimed. You proclaimed it. The angels proclaimed it. It's been proclaimed from on on high, from old, by Moses, by Abraham. It's been proclaimed. All your word, all the good news is God-centered. It's your, you're the center. You, and let us, you, let us, pardon me, let us be understanding that you are the center. I'm not the center. We're not the center. You are the center. And we thank you now as we look at the good news today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Some people associate God only with their guilty conscience. Uh, their uh, evil past, think about your evil past, causes them to fear and dread the possibility of confrontation with God. Everybody has somewhat of a God conscious. What's going to happen when I, quote, die and all of the nasty things that I've done in the past? Uh, is is payment going to be made? Uh, and we talk in terms of a, of a heaven-hell relationship. Uh, you know, will I go to hell? Is my salvation really... Uh, uh, non-refundable. I mean, you don't lose it. Uh, can I lose my salvation? Uh, so we talk, we worry about that confrontation, uh, with God and it causes us to wonder and doubt the very love of God. Our pride prevents us from asking for forgiveness. Well, I'll, I'll overcome this. I'll quit doing that. I'll quit doing that and everything will be fine. And that's all I need to do. And I don't need uh, to speak to him about that. Uh, Misunderstanding of God's nature and character makes it difficult to believe that God could possibly love me, love us. How can God possibly love the world, which includes me, which includes you, which includes Everyone that didn't make it to church today. Anybody out there playing golf? No, not yet. Okay. Nobody's swimming, though. It's too cold for that. But, uh, but going on. Isaiah 40, chapter, uh, chapter 40, verse 19, uh, says this. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Don't be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. Now that's, sounds like, well, that's for them. That's, that's for the Jews. That's for, that's for Judah. That's for Israel. That's for, no, no, no. It speaks to us. This translate directly to us because God has told us, New Testament now, New Testament language, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's Matthew, isn't it? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. And, and the power uh, is with you because the power is mine and I give it to you. And go and do the very thing that Isaiah spoke of in chapter 40. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. Your God reigns. Isaiah chapter 59. Your God reigns. Our God reigns. Pennsylvania Turnpike, United Methodist Church. Look at the list of prayer requests on the back of the bulletin. Whatever is troubling you today, whatever is causing pain in your heart and in your mind because of what's going on to you personally in your family, in your circumstance, our God reigns. We want to look at some examples of that uh, this morning. And we're going to do that. Oh, I have a Bible. So that I can read some passages for you, and I will. The good news about God was spoken in the Garden of Eden following Adam's and Eve's sin. Now, we remember what the sin is. Uh, They ate of the tree. They were given free reign in the garden. No problems. Eat anything you want. Do anything you want to do. It's a wonderful place to be, but stay away from the tree. My paraphrase of uh, Genesis chapters 2 and 3, but we got the idea. I don't want to read all of that information to you uh, because it's that familiar. We we know what original sin is, and that's the original sin is disobedience. It's not eating of the tree, it's disobedience. I said don't do it, and you did it. That's disobedience, flat out. And we all understand disobedience. Every single one of us has been disobedient at one time or another when we should not have been. So we're all guilty of Adam's sin. We didn't eat of the tree, but we were, or we are, we have been disobedient. We have been disobedient. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That's the divine decree that that defeating and destroying evil will come into the world uh, because of me, because of God. The privilege of the fellowship with God. At the very dawn of human history, God was announcing, announcing that there was hope. There was hope and there's a plan that had been designed for forgiveness, for redemption and deliverance. The God of good news has spoken. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The God of good news announced was, was announced to Abraham. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Uh, Paul affirmed that the gospel was preached during the days of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and advance the gospel in advance of Abraham. Because remember what was said? All nations will be blessed through you. Abraham. And we could tell that story and, and we could spend a lot of time in Genesis with Abraham. And I don't want to really do that. Just to remind you, Abraham 
that was childless. No children between Abraham and Sarah. All of the world will be blessed by you and your seed will, uh, and so on. All of that is there. That's the promise. And Abraham, think about his sin. Think about what God has recorded for us in the word concerning Abraham's sin. Lying about his his wife, Sarah. Well, she's just my sister because he was, what, afraid for his life. Doesn't make any difference. There is no reason, good reason for sin. There just isn't. Reasons for sin is what we call situation ethics. Well, I wouldn't have stolen that loaf of bread if I wasn't hungry. And we feel sorry for you because you were hungry. And that's okay. Don't worry about stealing the loaf of bread. Had you asked me, I would have given it to you and you wouldn't have had to have stolen it. He still stole it. It's still stealing. It's still a sin. Thou shalt not steal. And go through the rest of them the same way. We don't need to, to belabor that. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 says, All nations will be blessed through you. That's a reiteration of what God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. He desires that they be involved in communicating the good news of his love to those who are in spiritual darkness and despair. And that was true in Abraham's day. And you'll notice that Abraham was quite a good missionary in spite of some of his sinful attitudes, sinfulness. So none of them, none of the human beings in all of scripture are without sin. Every, all of them, all of them, in spite of their sin, God was able to use them, which doesn't give us, therefore, the excuse of saying, well, I'm so miserable uh, that I can't do anything for God. Because God's love for us indicates that I can forgive all of your sins, thus saith the Lord. I can forgive it all. Look at that word all, three letters, A-L-L, I can forgive it all. And I guess the best physical illustration of that is our friend King David. I mean, we beat him to death all the time, don't we? David did it all. Everything. He went down the list. It was almost like he had a checklist. Well, I just took care of commandment one. Here's commandment two. I blew that one too. Commandment three and and then we get down to the, you know, the other ones, the, the, the physical ones, you know, I blew six and seven and eight and nine and trifecta. I got the list finished. I did it all. Sin. And who are we? This is a good man after God's own heart, scripture tells us. This is a man that was mightily used by God in solidifying the nation Israel in that time. And we can go on, we can talk about Solomon in the same way. God announced the good news to Moses. If you look at Exodus chapter uh, 3, and I do want to go there, and I want to read a couple of verses to you. And I've got my, if my little post-it notes work properly. There they are, right there. Exodus chapter 3. Uh, verse 6. I am the I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. The God of Jacob, Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. This is where God is talking to Moses about, hey, this is what I want you to do, Moses. I want you to go to Pharaoh and set my people free. 
And these are the excuses that Moses is using. Or no, 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 no not me. I can't do this. No, 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 not me. And in spite of, I am the God of thy father. Remember who I am, saith the Lord, from the burning bush. Picture it, the burning bush. That's where this is happening. Verse 8, I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land. And all we get to the bottom. And now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me and have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. And in verse 10, it says this, Come now, therefore, I will send thee to Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses says, Who am I? Well, we know what the answer really is, don't we? And we ask that same question ourselves. Who am I? Well, you're really nothing. You're nothing without me, saith the Lord. It's I will do these things. I will use you to do these things. And anything that you need for the job to get done, I will give to you. Now, I can give you a military example of that. That's what the military does. president has just sent uh, several people, hundreds of people, uh, into those two countries that I mentioned earlier, uh, Iraq and Iran, or Iraq anyway, and probably Iran. <clears throat> and he sent them with all of the materials that they need to accomplish the mission that he has set forth for them. Now, I'm not trying to equate that Trump is anything near to being God, but that's but that's the physical illustration. All physical illustrations, by the way, always break down because they're physical and they're temporary and they're and they're none of us is holy. None of us is sinless. And so anything we talk about in that way, uh, it breaks down. Physical illustrations of spiritual reality break down. But the president provides everything that he can think of that those uh, Marines and soldiers, army people, need for the mission that he has set before them. And that's exactly what God is talking about uh, when he talks to Moses. The good news is, is I am here, saith the Lord. The good news is, is I will provide for you. I don't care who you are. I don't care who the Pharaoh thinks you are. I am sending you and I will provide for you. And we know the story, and I'm not going to illustrate the story any further than that. Moses offered the excuse of a lack of personal fitness. Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. I just uh, mentioned that to you. Moses offered the excuse of inadequate knowledge of the nature and character of God. That's Exodus chapter uh 3 verse 13, Moses said to God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What's his name? What? And he, Moses then asked, What should I say? And this is the most beautiful verse in all of Genesis. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. I am the pre-existent one. That's what that's saying. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we 
at the seven days of creation. I am that I am, he said. Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. They'll understand. I am. Moses offered the excuse of a lack of authority. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hear, hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto me. And then we do a little the, the magic stuff. Okay, take the rod, the rod turns into the snake. Now, I never thought about this too much before. But then it goes back, and then God says, now I want you to pick up the snake by the tail, and then it turns back into the rod. How many of you would be willing to reach down and pick up a snake by its tail? I don't think there's one of us. I mean, after we hit it with a rock, or beat it with a stick, or something like that, then we might. Then we might. But here we got a snake down there doing what snakes do, and we'll let's make it a venomous snake, so it's really a nasty little sucker. Rattlesnake. Do they have rattlesnakes in the Near East? I'm not sure about that. But would you pick it up? And yet Moses, or pardon me, God told Moses to pick it up, and Scripture says that's what he did. So he's be- it's beginning to get in there, isn't it? It's beginning to get in there. But then what happens? And this is what this is what's so very interesting about human nature. And think about this as yourself. Moses offered the excuse of a lack of speaking ability. Chapter four, uh, verse ten. And that means I get to turn the page in my Bible. And Moses said to the Lord, I'm not eloquent. And the Lord said to him, Who made your mouth? Now we can go back to Genesis chapter 2 and say, you know, special creation, right? God formed formed Adam out of the dust of the... Uh, of the earth and da 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 and then Eve and so on and so who made your mouth if I made your mouth I'm going to fix your speech impediment and you will be able to speak quite eloquently to Pharaoh that's the implication but just to satisfy you Moses what did God do he gave him Aaron he gave him his brother to speak Moses demonstrated his lack of faith as being his real reason uh, for these excuses. And that's verse 13 of that same chapter. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who thou wilt send. In other words, don't send me. Send one of them. Send one of them. Don't send me. See, I've already listed for you how inadequate I am. And I'm just, I'm dismissing Every answer that you've given, God, I can't do this. And it's not I can't do this. It's what? It's I won't do this. That's Moses. 
Moses the Great, Moses the parter of the Red Sea, Moses the Ten Commandments down off the hill, Moses, Moses, Moses. I can't and won't do this. But God even overcomes that because Moses did do that. That's the good news. What would have happened had Moses not? Well, we can't do the if he hadn't. But look what Moses accomplished. Moses went to Pharaoh. Ten plagues and all of that business. Death angel comes. Moses parts the Red Sea. Moses crosses over. Moses closes the Red Sea under the power of God, of course, and destroys the Egyptian army. Moses leads his people to Mount Sinai. Moses, only Moses can go up on the hill uh, or on the mountain and receive the Ten Commandments and brings them down. Moses, Moses, Moses. Oh, how great Moses is. In Israel today, if you go into any synagogue today or yesterday, and they would be doing what? They'd be praising how magnificently wonderful Moses is. How wonderful Moses is. Praise God for Moses. The same guy that said, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Now we've been told, go ye into all the world. I've already said that. Matthew chapter 28, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And most of us, many of us, often say, I don't want to do it for whatever reason. Well, I don't know the scripture well enough. That's that part. That's a Moses excuse. I'm not eloquent. How many of you do? This is a rhetorical question. Don't raise your hand. How many of you don't know John 3.16 by heart? Probably not one of you. That's really all you need. If you can... Quote John 3.16 and then talk about what that means. Whoa, you're there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus began and closed his ministry by emphasizing good news about God. Mark chapter 1 verse 14. <coughs> uh, and I want to turn to that. I've actually got it marked too somewhere. But I know where Mark is. I don't have to, I don't have to, there it is. The mark got pushed down. Shame on it. I'm not supposed to flip pages while you're waiting for me. Oh well. Shows how perfect I am. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came unto Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Good news. What? Sounds like the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Sounds like, and list the good news of today, the bad news of today. And goes on, verse 15 says this, and this is red letter. Jesus says this, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. 
That's the ushering in of the ministry, the physical ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. What? John going to prison. So John going to prison was not a good thing, not for John, certainly, and we know what happens to John while he's there. But Jesus is there and he says, the time is fulfilled. The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. And believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel is the good news. And what's the good news? For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. Following Jesus' resurrection, he commanded the church concerning itself in Mark chapter 16. And that's the end of the uh, Mark's uh, gospel. Mark chapter 16 and verses 15 and 16. And it reads this way. And he, that's Jesus, said... Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Was he listening to Matthew? Because that sounds like Matthew 28, doesn't it? And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Verses 15 and 16. What's the good news? The good news is I'm here. Good news is God's here. God is here to forgive you. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. What's the gospel? The good news. What's the good news? The good news is God so loved the world that. That's the good news. And it overrides anything else. Everything else. He sent his son in order that you might be forgiven, in order that you might spend an eternity with him and not be damned and not be sent to hell, however you want to put that. Jesus began and closed his ministry by emphasizing the good news about God. And that's what we should be doing. We should begin our physical ministry and end our physical ministry. No matter what our condition is, as long as we have breath to speak, as long as we have, uh, we're here in one way or another, we can be doing ministry. Well, I'm retired. I need a walker. I'm bedridden. I'm this. I'm that. I'm the other thing. Well, tell you a story about the piano. We had a pianist playing for us <coughs> and he had cancer. And he went to the hospital. He was supposed to play for us and he went to the hospital instead. And while he was in the hospital, somebody came and visited him, one of his friends. And one of his friends, uh, he said, somebody needs to play the piano for, for Mountain View Baptist Church. So he was ministering. He was taking care of his responsibilities for this piano, even while he was on his, quote, deathbed because he passed away. Guess who's here? This lady right here. It was here, was there. She was visiting this wonderful man and he's the one that got her here. And here she is. Ruth. Thank you, Ruth. And how wonderful you play for us. But that's ministry. That's ministering right up until the very last breath, is it not? Ministering. The early church was excited over the good news. 
Acts chapter 8. And uh, no, Acts is back the other way. Acts chapter 8. I can actually turn a page and read it. <clears throat> because it's talking about uh, the resurrection. It's talking about it's talking about going. Chapter 8 and verse, what's the word, uh, verse I want? Verse 4, of course. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Everywhere preaching the word. Now, unfortunately, we've taken that word preaching and stuck it on people like me. Only I can preach. Well, that's not true. Every single one of us can preach the general meaning, the general definition of preaching is to speak truth, is to speak it out, to, to reach out and to touch someone. I'm preaching for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Ooh, I just preached. Can you do that? Of course you can. There, you might even know a couple of other verses. Wow. Trifecta. How wonderful. What an eloquent person you are to do what? To go you into all the world. To go into all of the world. The greatest news and the latest news from God. Latest news from God. The latest news today. January, what date is it? Fifth. January the 5th, 2020. It's the same news he's been giving all of this time is that he loves you. And it goes all the way back to Adam. He created Adam from the dust of the air. And then he got down, God metaphorically got down on his hands and knees, put his mouth on Adam's nostrils and blew in the breath of life. Read it for yourself. He inflated his lungs. CPR. He gave Adam CPR. In order that Adam had the opportunity and gave him free will. I I was toying with this and I'll say it anyway uh, because I'm not really sure I should. But if there was, if I can, God in heaven could possibly say, well, what could I have done differently? I shouldn't have given them free will. Because that is the problem, isn't it? We have free will. And therefore David. And therefore you. Me. Free will. I know I shouldn't do this, but I did it anyway. I know I shouldn't do this, but I did it anyway. Free will. He wants to deliver us from the power of sin. And that deliverance from the power of sin is found in keeping our focus upon Him. He wants to grant us the gift of wisdom for renewed living. He wants to provide us with the divine energy uh, to do the work. He wants to guide you every step of the way. Go back and think in terms of Moses. 
Moses at the burning bush. Moses, I've got a plan for you. I've got a mission for you. Mountain View Baptist Church, I've got a plan for you. I've got a mission for you. And oh yeah, by the way, we wrote it down in your bulletin so that you can remind yourself of it every week. And it boils down to Matthew chapter 28. It boils down uh, to the companion verse that I read uh, from Mark. Go ye into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel. Speak the gospel. What's the gospel? Let me think. Uh, for God so loved the world that he... You know, I kind of joke about Franklin Graham. His favorite verse is 14.6, John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Almost every time Franklin speaks, he sticks that verse in somewhere. Say, oh, there's another verse. See, and I just quoted it. King James English. Isn't, I, I'm just marvelous. Am I not marvelous? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Now, if you've memorized that verse, and most of you probably have, then you can explain it too. Think about it. Break it down phrase by phrase and explain it. What have you just done? You've preached the gospel. For God so loved the world. Verse 17 of John 3 says what? He came into the world. I sent him into the world not to condemn the world. So that takes care of that condemnation business but that the world through him might be saved. Saved from what? Saved from their sin. Saved, reconciled unto me, so that we no longer fear physical death because we know we have eternal life. Perfect. That's the good news. What have we done with the good news about God? Are you willing to respond to God's good news? God loves you. God loves me. Can we accept the truth with our mind and put the confidence of your heart into it? And if you put your confidence uh, of your heart into it, then what must you do? Reach out and touch. Reach out and touch with the truth that God has laid upon you. That's the good news. Are you not a better person today than you were yesterday? I'm talking about back when you were before Christ and now. Are you not a better person today than you were yesterday? No matter when that yesterday was, some 50 years ago or so, 60, some of you. Am I the oldest person in a room? Uh, could be. No, I'm not. Somebody's older than me? Kid, oh, that's right. And she's still here. Bless your heart. We love you. There's a couple of others that live in her birth year too. So anyway, but you got the idea. Go ye into all the world. Well, I don't do much going anymore, but you know the world is right there. I'm sick and I'm dying of cancer and I can't play the piano anymore. But I can reach out 
and touch someone that comes to see me and say, we need a piano player at Mountain View. And once again, hooray for Ruth. And she responded to the call. And if you knew her schedule, you'd wonder how she comes and plays the piano for us when she has responsibilities in other places. No, I can't do that. But she can, and she does. How about, that's enough praise for you for today. You don't want want to give you a swelled head. But what's the good news? The good news is God loves you. He loves you so much that he wants you to take that love and to share it with everyone and anyone that will listen. It's up to them to respond. They have free will just like you do. It's up to them to respond. Successful witnessing. And we'll close with this. Successful witnessing. Campus Crusade for Christ. Is simply taking the initiative to share Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. And leaving the results to God. It's not up to me for you to respond. It's up to me to provide the message so that you can respond. It's up to me to provide the opportunity so that you can choose. That's successful witnessing. That's successful successful reaching. That's successful preaching. I might stumble on the words... I might not quite get them letter perfect. But it doesn't make any difference. With God leading me, with God carrying me, I might miss a word. I might stutter. I'm not as eloquent as someone else might be. Moses. Think of Moses. Think of all of the excuses and you've made yourself every single one of those excuses in one way or another in the ministry that God has given you. Even to the point that I can't and I won't. Because I can't, I won't do that. Get out of that trap. God loves you to the point that all power has been given to me Jesus said, and therefore I give it to you to do what I've asked you to do. As God provided for Moses, so God provides for you, for me, for us. That's the good news. And the good news overrides the bad news. Overrides the bad news. Because it comes to good news. Everything is going to lead to a reforming of the world when Jesus comes again. When Jesus comes again, he's going to come and he's going to rule the thousand year reign. And we'll talk about that in another message. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. I saw your fingers. My time piece up here is frowning at me because I did it again. I got carried away. 
Shame on me. Time for a cookie. Not for me. For you. They look good, too. What do you do? Are you going to be with Moses and say, not me? Or are you going to succumb to the very power of God and live the life that he has set before you? God loves you. That's the good news. God loves you. Let's pray. Gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you this day. And we thank you for that very love that you have shown to us. Shown to us even in a physical way as you've shown it to so many people that you have listed for us in Scripture. Guide us now from this place, preaching the word as you would have it preached. And for this we give thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's stand. And we're going to be singing 576, 1, 3, and 4. Take the name of Jesus with you.